0: Welcome everybody to the Chinchilla Pickin' Podcast. It is October 25th, 2022. As always, we hope to be entertaining, educational, and uplifting because we want everyone to make money. My name is David Underwood and as always, I am here with Brandon Beaver. Brandon, 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 is it ever going to get cool yet for fall or is it going to stay uh, these warmer temperatures, man?
1: Uh, You know, what? I wake up in the mornings to go to work and then um, my car's frozen over and then by the end of the day, it's warm again. And it's really frustrating because I hate cold temperatures. So I'm getting the worst of the cold temperatures, but not the good, you know, pretty snow that comes across with it. Um, So my car's being frozen over, fogged up, all that stuff. I hate Ohio.
0: Wow. Wow, oh, tell Ohio me Ohio how Ohio you Ohio. really feel. Tell me all of our Ohio listeners just turned off because of you now.
1: Well, I mean I hate it. We all hate Ohio weather. Nobody likes it. I do? No, well, why do you like it? You get like two weeks of bearable weather a year. You get one week in the spring and one week in the fall.
0: Ah, I disagree. It's
1: super hot to being like freezing cold. And I hate I hate winter. I will move to Florida one day in my life maybe i I'd love actually...
0: winter man winter's nice
1: i would actually love to retire to tennessee like gatlinburg or somewhere in the mountains that'd be a good spot to go even though no, I... it's cold there too but whatever
0: you could buy uh acreage in uh, tennessee for a thousand bucks an acre out in the middle of nowhere man
1: i have been sick the past five days i'm sure this has something to do with it i really need to quit smoking but um yes I have not shaved or anything, so you're just gonna have to deal with that on TikTok. I don't really care right now. Um, you're lucky that I'm up and doing this podcast at the moment. Called off once at work. If you take
0: this part of the podcast and put it on TikTok, I'll be, be I'll be very disappointed. By the way, if you guys are listening to us right now and you like what you hear, I don't know why you would, Hold but if TikTok, you do, man. if if you have if if you like what you hear, if you're one of those weird people, um, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Go ahead and hit follow button and tell other people about us. we love to hear that. we love to see that organic growth. We are willing to go anywhere, and I mean anywhere, and uh, podcast live. So uh, if you want us to come to your university uh, or college, let us know, or even place a business, uh, we'll, we'll give a presentation. We're very knowledgeable. We've been doing this for a number of years now. Uh, we have no qualms about doing it in front of public or uh, uh, with people listening and taking pictures and staring at us like they were at their last podcast live. So that was a cool, good time there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yes.
1: How about we get into it, man? Rules, rules, rules. Go, go ahead. I would actually like, let me just say this because you, you were telling me that you're going to get into China, which is the worst investing mistake I made in my investing life. So come on, if I was going to talk about it is what I said, I was going to talk about like, it. You want me to go first, but let's get this out of the way. Um, yeah. So go go through the rules. Let's talk about China. And, um, you know, I was a bull in the China shop. And that's a huge mistake. Bulls break. Right. Why Why did I do that? But go ahead, Dave.
0: Let's let's start. Right. So let's go through the rules first. Rules, rules, rules. Brandon and I get together five to 10 minutes before the show and we tell each other what we're going to talk about. We actually you actually hear the live discussion and the granular details here on the podcast. We save that for you. We just give us an overview of the subject, such as I told Brandon the title of one of my sections would be called, um, is it the fall of the red wall? Yeah. Um, and the reason why I, I titled it this way is I, I see a lot of mistakes coming from the China uh, party right now, the party, the Communist Party that uh, runs China. Because, uh, And I, I hate to make it, it's not political, it's not, that's just who controls China and who runs it. And with the latest elections they had and the latest things coming out from them, it doesn't look good for business. And when it doesn't look good for business, that means you don't want to invest in it. That's something you want to stay away from. It, you already look at the year over year. You had the trouble of Alibaba and Jack and Jack Ma earlier this year. Uh, most tech Chinese tech companies are down 43%, if not more. Look at Didi. Didi almost extinct. Um, Baidu is, uh, is down a ton. Uh, you you have a lot of tech companies are going down. You have a lot of companies that are trying to build plants in other countries, which is not good for China because that's how they make most of their money. Um, so you might look at like shorting Foxconn or, or maybe not shortening it, but like I don't see unless that company starts building uh plants in other countries, it's not going to be good to build it in China.
1: Is the Foxconn Chinese in, in Taiwan or are they Hong Kong? I don't remember. I know they're I, like, yeah, I I don't know, but I still would stay away from Taiwan just in case.
0: Yeah, right. Because they're, they're they're right now they're intermingled in geopolitical events. Um, yeah, the Chinese yuan, which is which is not doing well whatsoever, right? Um, so everybody's been really really scared about overexposure to China. Um, right now, in the last two trading sessions, uh, since President Xi has been uh, tightening his grip on the country um, because he got an historic third term as a leader, right? That never happens in China. He got a third term. He was seen on TV kicking out the last leader out of the, uh, the uh, Congress, the meeting, which is not a good sign. All these are not good signs for how the economic environment of this country is going to go going forward, right? Hong Kong tech stocks, they're the ones that have been down 45% in the last four months. That's where you got to be worried about. Um, The yuan is depreciating extremely fast. In fact, it outflows. Uh, it, 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 it's depreciating as fast as the capital is coming out of the government, which is not a good sign for, for the yuan whatsoever. That means... Uh, I don't even know what that means, man. Brandon, can you explain that to me? When your currency is devaluing fast, just as fast as not faster than you could print it.
1: Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's hyperinflation. That is what that leads to, and um, it's done purposefully on the uh part of the Communist Party in China because they think it's good for their international corporations because makes their products look cheaper. On the shelves of other countries, um, it's economic illiteracy because it just impoverishes, impoverishes their own people. Uh, it's not good for them, but um, it's it's a policy. That it's done on purpose.
0: Let Let me explain. Let me explain why to any new investor right now how this helps the Chinese economy. In some people's perspective, I mean, you and I both agree it doesn't, but how it could. And let me see to correct me if I'm wrong in any statement I'm about to make, but if I lower the value, say the US dollar, right, in comparison to the British pound, that means the British pound's worth way gonna be worth way more than the US dollar next year, right? That's my goal. And I do that and I build a manufacturing plant in the US, that means those goods I create are gonna be cheap to the British people, and thus I could export it very cheaply to Britain. Versus what it would cost me to make in the United States. Yeah, is that but, a good explanation?
1: Yeah, but then it also like uh, kills the purchasing power of your own citizens to be able to buy goods and services. So it's it's bad policy. It's bad policy, but it's done to benefit the rich, which is interesting for a communist party, you know, and, and for a, a socialist po- party, so to speak, that they implement those policies that benefit the rich and impoverish more the poor.
0: Right, so let me let me go over some other facts that just recently happened. The onshore yuan is at its weakest since 2009. The offshore yuan is at the lowest uh, since 2010. There is rumors going around saying that the Bank of China is no longer directing their own market. That the open markets are starting to move the yuan uh, more than the uh, the country itself.
1: All this has to do with. Can they continue to
0: make products
1: cheap? So, yeah. And also, you can't really believe any of the uh, numbers that come out of China anymore. I should have been smart enough last year to avoid China stocks. But I was. You were big into them. Yeah. and, And the thing is, and what makes them so attractive is that, you know, China could be a capitalist paradise, um, there's a lot of innovation that comes out of Alibaba and Tencent and Baidu and, and a lot of futuristic things that come out of those companies. Uh, pure innovation uh, would be great companies otherwise. Um, and then you have American uh, financial uh, conglomerates going out and, and towing the line of China and then coming out to the United States and saying these these are great values. And I fell for this, right? Like company, I don't want to I shouldn't name any names because I don't I don't want to accuse anybody, but these are companies now that I've discovered that are selling 401ks and financial services and making a lot of money by doing so in China. So now to me, it's no surprise that they come back to the United States and uh, you know, say, Oh, don't worry about what Xi's Xi doing. It's actually great for the future of China. Um, I think that they they're purposefully uh, you know, kind of brushing over the warning signs in China uh, because they have to to be able to do business over there
0: right exactly
1: it's unfortunate because a lot of Americans uh retirement funds and uh you know pension funds and stuff like that are going to invest in China companies right now for the sole purpose of of these uh big financial conglomerates to to be able to still do business and sell these products over there as well
0: so it's 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 kind of like an intertang- intertangled marriage that we can't get out of mm-hmm. because they are still the number one uh, uh, country in the world to create to produce products at a very cheap price, and we're still the number one consumer of products at a very high level, and it's it, we are still dependent upon each other. They buy a lot of U.S. debt, and we need them to continue buying debt so we can fund our country.
1: Yeah, so I said this before. Even when I was super bullish on China, I said that I was not going to die on that mountain. Um, and I didn't. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you could be super bullish on something, but you, you probably don't want to put all of your capital into it. Um, had I thrown a lot of my capital or a huge percentage into China last year, I want to beat the market. And I might not even be sitting here right now. Who knows? Uh, but I did beat the market last year, despite losing big on, on China, uh, because, um, you know, you want to keep your emotions out of it. And uh, and be rational and and say, like, hey, I could be wrong on this. And if I'm wrong on it, I don't want to go bankrupt.
0: Right. And so my whole point is, is this with with uh, other companies such as Intel and NVIDIA building plants in the United States, with companies such as Emirates building uh, lithium plants in in France, with all these countries starting to build these production plants outside of China, is this the beginning of the end for China's economy or can they still turn it around?
1: You know, what's interesting is that they've they've started making overtures to the United States and the United States regulators. Um, they they were launching that uh, that big stock market over in Beijing and things didn't go, you know, the way that they wanted them to go as far as value goes. And so now they're realizing that they still need the Hong Kong stock exchange and they still need the ADRs and the Alibabas, you know, and, and stuff like that. To power their economy, so now instead of 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 um, putting out a huge resistance to the SEC and to American regulators investigating the books of of Alibaba and and companies uh, like that, they're actually sending translators to help them do it. So nice. I mean that, that's nice. one positive aspect of this is that the the CCP actually seems to be cooperating with the regulations now. But it's really only because they have to.
0: Yeah, once you realize that, you know, hey, uh, our economy is on the brink here. We got to turn it around before it's too late. Yeah. Um, and you start making the right decisions, man. I don't know. I, I I see too many negative things. I saw the the whole uh real estate infrastructure deal that happened was about nine months ago. Uh, that everybody said was going to be the downfall of all economic markets, and it was it wasn't big enough. To be the downfall of all economic markets, but it was big for China, and it was it was contained to just the Chinese economy, and uh, they did uh, default on some of their loans in in China. I I see too many issues, and I, I I would definitely again give the advice: be hesitant on anything in China, stay away for now, just watch, because there's there's too many negatives, too many headwinds. Um, that's what a headwind is: is negative. If you're listening, you're brand new. Um, too many headwinds there going in. I would stay away.
1: There's been a couple of companies that have been um, taking hits because of the situation in China um, that don't necessarily deserve it. I would say Wind Resorts is one of them. Um, you know, huge portion of their uh, of their revenue does not come from China, despite uh, what people think about them, and they've been hit hard because of it, probably undeservingly. So I think Apple can. Um, can shift, they've had a you know China centered policy for like the last 10 years, but I think Apple can still survive. A China
0: Apple's not big in China, man. I hate to interrupt you, but Apple's not big in China. Who, why is the biggest cell phone yeah. in China? And then Samsung, I believe, is second, and Apple is third. Apple's but, third in China,
1: yeah. But but the manufacturer there is
0: okay. I'll um... give all right, yeah, 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 yeah. And wind resorts, guys. If, if you don't, if you're listening to our show, I like to always break down everything and explain it. When resorts has as uh, multiple locations in Macau and Macau is pretty much like Vegas is the United States. Macau is the China, same type of setup. They had different laws in Macau than they do in the rest of the China, which is hilarious. But, uh, but we had different laws in Vegas than the, the rest of the United States. So what happens in Macau stays in Macau. Um, there you go, man. Uh, you know, we we both agree China is definitely something to stay out of for right now. Until so you unless you have good reason and research to back it up, let's move look, on. Look uh, for
1: broken stocks, though, and not, you know, not broken companies. I, I actually heard Jim Kramer say this the other day, so i'm I'm kind of just repeating it, but it's 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 just like it's it's a age- old saying in investing. You look for broken stocks, not for broken companies. And um, I would say that uh, when Resorts was one of those that got hit because of China, and it became a broken stock for a split second, and, and and it probably shouldn't have been. So, I tell you what, Brandon.
0: Every time I I write you off as like you're in a bear mode, you're in hibernation mode right now, bear, 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 and then you come out and you you make a call. Yeah, and I'm just like, where where well, is this coming yeah. from?
1: <laughs> Here's the thing, I I am bearish ideologically. But oftentimes, you know, it's not a, you, you really shouldn't let your ideologies completely get in the way in, of investing. Right. So I'm up six percent on Disney right now, which is actually <laughs> really frustrating to me because I, I was kind of hoping for it to stay flat or go lower so that I could buy even more. Um, and I wind up oftentimes uh, being in the situation like I'm in right now and, and being frustrated while I'm making money. <laughs> so. Hey, yeah, you're making I,
0: money. You're profitable. Uh, you should be happy, <laughs> brother.
1: Yeah, um, I think Meta is also, and this is not China related, but I think Meta they report in a couple of days. Uh, that's a broken stock and not a broken company as well. Um, they've they've lost some focus, I think, but I don't think it's a broken company. It's a broken stock. You
0: know, I believe the same thing about cooler technologies. Why I'm very long on it. Uh, a year ago, this time I said I, I, my timeline is years out in the future on it. I still hold it. The stock is uh the past 2 days is up what 33 34%. Mm-hmm. Um and I've been lower do- dollar cost averaging the whole time and just slowly cuz I guys if you're listening right now I will be upfront honest I I actually own just very little of that in my personal account. I have three trust funds. Three trust funds I I run and and all three of them are heavily invested in Cooler cuz they're long term and uh that's a long term play for me. So yeah. Anyways, let's transition over to uh, let's transition over to GE man. GE, okay, let me go me ahead, get Brandon. A
1: little bit. Uh, we'll get into GE and then we'll talk a little bit about Google and um, Microsoft as well because their earnings just came across the board. Let me get my glasses on. Transition into my Clark Kent disguise here. I tell um, you what.
0: Let, let me while you're looking this up. Let me talk about GE from last year. Brandon and I had a show. Where we talked about GE for probably about 40, 50 minutes, maybe maybe an hour, who knows, all about GE. Brandon brought it up, and he brought all these facts and figures. And there was a couple little little takeaways at that time. I said GE goes to CEOs, kind of like the Cleveland Brown goes to QBs or coaches. Um, it was it was it just a turnstile CEO coming in and out in and out in and out. Brandon got uh, they got this new CEO in. Brandon liked him, and he went into detail explaining why he liked him. And at that time, Brandon, a year ago, if you guys want to listen to it, you can find it. I'm sure Brandon will be happy to send it your way. Uh, Brandon Beaver at ChinchillaPicking.com. Go ahead and email him. He checks it so, every day. Um, but at that time, Brandon was talking about how the, they should split the company up in three different ways and well, why it was good. And he broke it down. Give it a listen. Yeah, so if you
1: here's, can. The th- here's, here's the uh, rundown on this here real quick. And by the way, the episode was GE past, present and future. It was August of last year. You can hear me and Dave tell you that the uh, tech market was going to be a tough one and that it was going to go down in 2022 as well. We were predicting that back in August of last year. So, yeah, pat ourselves on the back for that. Anyways, earnings per share uh, came in at 35 cents per share for the quarter. That was 38.6% lower than last year. It was also 11 cents shy of what the consensus was um, uh, 46 cents per share for the uh, year or for the quarter, I mean. Uh group revenues rose three point six percent from last year to nineteen point one billion, just ahead of analysts' estimation of eighteen point six two billion. Uh free cash flow, which I think is the king of the story for General Electric because they were having a lot of troubles just a couple of years ago with free cash flow. Um, they were negative um as far as profitability goes. Uh for the quarter. Free cash flow topped one billion, and that beat forecast by a wide margin. Now, you mentioned that General Electric is about to spin off, so let, let's talk about their businesses. Give you a little quick rundown of, of how they performed for the quarter as well. Aviation is aviation has an estimated value of fifty point zero four billion dollars altogether. Uh, this is forty nine percent of General Electric's revenue. Healthcare is thirty four point one billion dollars estimated um, value, and this is thirty three point four percent. Power and renewables runs about sixteen billion dollars with fifteen point nine percent in renewables, which is a a uh, a negative for General Electric currently. This is only 04 percent of um, of their revenue. So, GE now has a net cap cash position of 18.89 billion dollars so the turnaround is still on track here um the company had losses of negative uh 23 billion dollars in 2018 go ahead dave
0: what percentage is light bulbs
1: i i don't know i've got them we've got we've got uh, the uh ge light bulbs in our household
0: so it's so uh, high i mean it's uh is it well? Well, but you know, I, I'm joking. I'm joking, but you know, go G- ahead. The, you said the turnarounds in full swing. I interrupted.
1: Yeah, I, you know what? It was a mediocre quarter, and you're going to have uh fits and starts here, especially if we face a recession in the coming year, or you know, maybe we're already in a recession, like me and you think, and and it goes deeper. But anyways, GE Healthcare is a uh, this is a big focus for investors right now because GE Healthcare is going to spin off into its own company. It will be the first one to spin off. In the first week of January of next year, orders were up 19% year over year at $5 billion. Revenue hit $4.6 billion for the quarter. This was up 10% year over year. Margin was down 90 basis points to 15.4%. I think that's no um, surprise with inflation being as high as it is. They're hosting an investor day for the spinoff of this new company on December 8th. So we need to keep an eye out on that. Listen to what they hear on December 8th or what they say on December 8th. Power uh, for General Electric orders were up 20% year over year to $4.2 billion. Revenue decreased 5% uh, to $3.5 billion. Margin down a full percent to 4%. So it's a really low margin on power. Uh, yeah,
0: that's that's thin margin, man. Yeah. Is that operated margin, total margin, net margin? What is that?
1: Uh, you know what? That was just, uh, they just said non-total margin. It was total margin. It was non-GAAP total margin uh renewables uh orders and this is this is like the really bad part of general electric thank god it's only 0.4% of their value um uh, but um orders down 41% to 3.7 billion dollars revenue was down 10% to 3.6 billion dollars margin is a negative 26% this contract this contracted 2190 basis points
0: negative margin
1: yeah negative margin they're wow. expecting losses of 2 billion dollars for the year um but then however let's go to another bright spot here because GE aerospace was a, a huge focus because it was a big bright spot in their earnings report orders were up 6% to 7.3 billion dollars with I, I think this is a big deal because um you know orders for anything aerospace uh this time last year as we were coming out of the covid pandemic were increasing greatly uh, and travel was was starting to pick up um, big. So orders going up 6%, that's good. Revenue was up 25% to $6.7 billion. Margin expanded 2.8%, 2. 280 basis points. And they expect greater than 20% top line growth for the year on GE Aerospace. Uh, so when it comes down to this, you know, What they're going to spin off GE Healthcare and they're going to spin off GE Aerospace and then Power and Renewables will be the third company. I want nothing to do with Power and Renewables. I will sell that immediately as it comes into my portfolio. I will keep Aerospace and I will keep Healthcare as it is. Now, there could be some changes coming to Power and Renewables. They're in the midst of a restructuring process. We, We obviously haven't seen how that plays out yet. So if anything changes, I will keep you guys updated on it. Uh, right now, super bearish on power and renewables. It is what is holding this stock down. Um, but I am bullish on uh, GE healthcare and aviation. So Now, don't they do wind turbines? Is
0: that what power and renewables is? Yes. So th- it's part of it. So they were dependent on government subsidies in order to keep that afloat. He yes. sounds like that's and what and it they sounds actually like. Actually,
1: mentioned the fact that like the uh, Inflation Reduction Act is is having a uh, big positive impact for power and renewables, despite their huge losses.
0: Wow! So uh, they even got a boost of money from the government, and they still yes, are having yeah. losses.
1: Well, and now what's interesting? GE Aerospace actually military orders were down this year. Um, third quarter, they had a big boost. Um, that 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 you know that put it a little bit higher, but um, I was I was interested to see that um that military orders were down year over year, considering what is happening in the Ukraine. And yeah, uh, but Poland is not
0: buying GE engines, they're buying Boeing helicopters.
1: Yeah, yeah, but but Boeing, but GE does service Boeing, that's true. (laughs) Um, Larry Culp said that the uh, General Electric is positioned well to survive a potential recession. So that was like, you know, to hear. But I mean, every CEO is is probably going to say that. I, I will say this, though, like you look at uh, their cash on hand, um, they've got a net cash position of 18.89 billion dollars. I've already mentioned that. But, uh, you know, they're still a lot better off than they were just a couple of years ago and you know they made it through the pandemic which was a very large downturn for aerospace so i mean i i'm i'm still bullish here i actually bought more um it it was not a knock your socks off report but it also was not um a report that that showed me that you know they're going in the wrong direction either so
0: well first of all i think the pandemic was Longer term, a uh, plus for aerospace because a lot of airlines got rid of older aircraft and put in orders for new during that time. They use that as an opportunity to do that. Number one. Number two, I agree with you that GE spinoff will create more money if you're in your investment after the spinoff when all the companies go separate ways and you get X amount of shares of each. And I agree with you of selling the power renewables, especially after hearing the negative margin. That is, You can't run a business. I mean, that stock should be going down to zero. But luckily, you have the other parts of the company that are holding it up. So everything looks good. I mean, everything you said about the turnaround looks good. I I, Based on what you said in August and based on this report uh, here, I mean, you made some good calls. It's just that that splitting up of the company is taking a little bit longer than what we thought back in August of last year.
1: Estimated. Value of GE Healthcare is about 33.4% of their business uh, revenue wise. So, what you can expect the first week of January is that the GE stock itself, once healthcare does come onto the market, the GE stock itself will probably decrease around 33.4% because GE Healthcare will never or will no longer be a part of its parent company. So, your holdings of General Electric itself will probably drop around 33.4%, but you're going to have GE healthcare in your portfolio and the value should make up for that. Right. So should,
0: should yes,
1: should. And I expect, you know, I we'll see if healthcare can continue its outperformance in an industry, uh, going into next year. Um, but if it does, then it, it should benefit, you know, shareholders. Now, how many shares of GE Healthcare you're going to receive, that hasn't been announced yet. So once we get closer to that first week of January, we'll have more information about how many shares of GE Healthcare, GE stockholders will get.
0: So do you buy now in hopes of all that or are you waiting for more information? What would you recommend? I mean, I still, the-
1: you know, I've still, i owned GE for a very long time. I, I think that... Uh, You know, I think it's safe to buy now. Um, I wouldn't buy now based off of the spinoff. I think that a lot of people probably will do that, though. Um, I'm just buying based off of the value that I think that Larry Culp is creating for this company um, and and the turnaround that he's had. And you can go back and listen to GE past, present and future, where we discuss the entire history of this company in, in, in pretty good detail and talk about where they went wrong. Um, the fact that he's turning this behemoth around, it, it was my God, it was bad. It was really bad. Yeah. Um, yep. So, you know, any positives of free cash flow and stuff like that, like that's just, you know, that's a testament to Larry Culp's leadership. And that's why I'm buying the stock because I really like the leadership of this company now. Um, I don't know enough about, um, you know, how many shares you're going to receive of GE Healthcare. So I, I can't tell you to buy based on that. But I do think that they're probably gonna create value by doing that. You know, and I think I, I can't wait for GE Aviation. That's it's forty nine percent of General Electric. Um and, and it's been a big bright spot and a huge focus of, of General Electric and Larry Culp. So that, that's the one that I really want. But healthcare would be second, and then power and renewables I'm getting rid of immediately.
0: Nice, nice, good. I just wanna say if you're listening right now, uh if you wouldn't you first start doing things like like we're doing here at this podcast or like we did with our Facebook group before this and you start giving out advice it's very hard to say yes or no to things at first or say yeah buy this because you're so afraid of giving bad information out yeah <laughs> and you're so afraid of letting people down and it it's very hard at first but uh, after a while you you just, once you just take time and explain it out, like Brandon has here with GE, and he explains it out, explain his thought process, explain where he's going, you kind of get an understanding of where his head's at. And now you have a. Do your research, but yet you have a good idea of why he's saying it's it's a good. one. Yeah.
1: So we've had a lot of good advice on the show. We made some bad calls, but the and and we've made some really 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 good ones. But and the good ones, I think, out have a, well the bad ones, which is good. Oh, but by far, yeah. To, like our past shows, where you know I was the bull in the china shop and stuff like that. I outlined the headwinds that were possible, and um, also out we outlined the the things that could possibly go wrong. Just so happened that every single one of them went wrong, but you know, <laughs> at least we gave a heads up of what to look out for, and um, you know we gave you all the information that you needed to do to make your own decisions and um, you know invest your own way. So,
0: hey man, you're the you're the Al Michaels to my John Madden. So, can Those we
1: let, let's get into Google on Alphabet real quick because their earnings just popped up. Haven't had a chance to listen to the conference calls because I think they're gonna happen around 5 30
0: are we gonna do google (laughs) or alphabet yeah huh i said are we gonna do google or alphabet oh i'm sorry Uh i meant
1: microsoft and alphabet (laughs) microsoft microsoft and we were right about the uh the tech uh you know industry being tough this year it has been mm, soft Mm, soft that's a play on the ticker symbol dave of microsoft it was funny okay I can't see your face right now. So I tell
0: you what, I just saw a headline because I'm pulling it out to get the latest numbers on the earnings report. <laughs> and the very first headline that came out one minute ago on the Reuters was, "This is this is the headline." The U.S. Justice Department says Google enters into stipulated agreement to improve legal process compliance program. What does that mean? I I, I don't know. I, there's no more to the article than that. And see, guys, if if you're listening right now, this is what we we have to go off of to make day trades is I have to go off a headline and there's no meat to this article, but yet it's going to move the the, the, the stock and I need to make changes based on... It's, it's, it's incredibly hard to day trade. Yeah. You have to be doing this for years and years and years to be good at day trading is what I have to tell people.
1: So Microsoft <laughs> reported first uh the, the revenue here on Microsoft beat expectations. Uh, revenue of uh, $50.12 mm-hmm. billion. Dollars. Um, analysts expected... 49.6 billion. So nice beat there. E- earnings per share came in at $2.35. Expected was $2.32. I uh revenue for the cloud segment $25.7 billion. Um up 24% year over year. Are we still working from home? Because my goodness. Like I understand like, you know, businesses need the cloud regardless. Even if you're working from home, or everybody not. needs a cloud. Yeah, man. in order to interconnect that. your business, if if you're a large retailer and you've got businesses in you know Ohio and California, and you got to find a way to connect them, and the only way really to do it in this world now is the cloud. So even even not being work from home, that's it's still needed no matter what. Uh, productivity and business processing meant uh, first quarter revenue sixteen point five billion dollars up nine percent year over year. LinkedIn posted a 17% year-over-year growth. Does this mean that people are starting to panic and actually really look for jobs now? I know a lot of people dropped out of the labor market. For the longest time, we had a workforce shortage, and we still kind of do, but um, I wonder what that tells us about our macroeconomic situation. I don't know.
0: I created a LinkedIn account years and years ago. I haven't touched it since. Never did anything with it. Never uploaded any correct documentation, uh, and yet, so they they count me as one of their users. So I mean, like, who are they counting as users? Is it really active users, quote unquote, or, or what here?
1: I uh, don't. You know what? Xbox related revenue down three percent. This is the only thing I can find negative in this report. Intelligent cloud up twenty percent year over year. Why is this stock down?
0: I, b- I believe it's the guidance is what uh, uh, they're looking for. Uh, headwinds going forward with Microsoft,
1: mm. Mm, soft, Dave. This is what the stock is looking to me right now. Mm. So Can't it's it. it,
0: there. There, uh, Microsoft came out and said that uh, there there was going to be some trouble going in economic underlining concerns. I believe was what they said going into next year, and uh, the guidance go for next year was looking soft, and that's yeah, why. That's why you have the uh, the downturn. It's like, yes, we have a good quarter, but we need to save up cash because we're not looking to make as much next year.
1: And priced earnings is kind of high. It's not like super it's at twenty five point six. That's not like you know, it's high for this environment, but well, I'll tell you overall, what they they
0: didn't do is they didn't raise prices to keep up with inflation. So I'll give you an example, and I'm not going to go into details, guys. I'm not going to give you numbers. Please look up these numbers to make sure I'm telling the truth. But Coca-Cola had a great quarter this year, and the reason why is because they raised their prices. Coca-Cola raised prices all across the board on everything. So they kept up with inflation. They kept up with supply chain, and they blew the quarter out, and they raised their guidance for the rest of the year and said, we're going to do awesome, guys. That's basically what Coca-Cola said, and it's because they raised prices.
1: Yeah, this that's the you know, I've recommended Coca Cola as a stock to a lot of people, and I'm glad I did. Um, so Google, I can companies. I go into Google? Let me let me say this the, the downturn today in Microsoft only 2.41 percent, it's still up three percent for the week. So maybe people are just you know selling the news here and taking some profits. Selling the news is
0: what you should do. If you're buying the news, you're already too late in my book. I've I've covered this before and I've said this before, but there are some cases where you do buy the news and it's because it's unexpected news. It's not earnings, quote unquote, news. It's not a we knew this was coming news. It's something that just came out that moment that day. And you're buying at that moment at that time. Yeah. That's that's when you would buy some news. Most of the time, you should be selling the news. On earnings, you should be selling the news.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends.
0: Well, then so, we agree me, to disagree. And that yeah. wouldn't be a first for this podcast, I'll tell you that.
1: <laughs> so here's the thing. If you've got a run-up right now, I'm looking at Meta. And Meta has ran pretty good going into their earnings report, which comes uh, a little bit later in this week. Looking at that, I'm not buying now. I mean, I own the stock, right? I already own it. But I'm still, like, if I'm making an earnings trade, I'm not going to buy meta going into earnings because it looks like that's what everybody else is doing. And if everybody else is planning on selling on earnings, then what's the stock going to do on earnings? If everybody else is planning on selling, it's going to go down, right? But if you see a stock that's really, really down going into earnings for the past, like, I would say, I would look at week. I would look at a week or a month. Look at a week or a month, and then say if it's down for the month and it's down for the week going into earnings and expectations are super super low. And anything that's positive that comes out of this earnings report might, you know, send the stock higher. So then you could buy it and then sell the the um, sell the news, right? But you know, if you get a situation like Meta where it's running and running and running going into earnings, might not be the case right now because Google just reported losses on advertising. So hold up before we get into but,
0: Google. I I do disagree I agree and disagree with some of the statements you made yeah. there on, on the example of Meta. Um, I I can't sit here and and tell listeners who are who may be new to investing that hey you know if a stock is down whatever last week the month going into earnings that's a good buy no I can't do that it's good omens. I can't tell you I can't it's a, well I mean omens are what omens are I mean are we are we rolling out the bones out of a hat here a skull or are we actually <laughs> analyzing stocks and research and fundamentals and make and macro events and making calls on investments. What are we doing here?
1: Anytime you're playing earnings, you're playing off the expectations. If the expectations are super, super bearishly low and too low for the stock to like, you know, stay down. um, And then, um, you know, they miss on earnings, they miss on, on revenue, but then they give you good guidance or good free cash flow. Then people are going to buy into the stock because they're going to be surprised by something. So, um, you know, if you've already priced in a miss, anything that's positive is is going to send the stock a little bit higher. And so, you know, going down into earnings, um, you know, is it is a good omen, so to speak. Um, and higher going into earnings, it, it's not so much. I I uh, I, I wouldn't buy high, anything higher going into earnings. And but you might get a better deal. And this is a situation where you might be able to buy the news. Um, a stock like Microsoft just had a great quarter, right? You could probably buy right now because people are selling, and you're getting a better price.
0: All right, so let let's move into final final thought here, man. Well,
1: you feel like hold on, we haven't even talked about Google yet, so let's talk about Google because they just do missed you, do on the you really of
0: want thought. to get into Google here. Yes, you really want to get into yeah. Google. All right, here, let me read this off. Um, I'll get into this. I'll read off the numbers here, and we'll 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 move into Google. All right, so Google. Google has came in. Uh, Alphabet reported third quarter revenue of $69.09 billion. That's up 6% year over year. But the estimate was for $70.9 billion, so they fell short of the estimates. The company's bottom line number reported earnings per share of $1.06, which missed the estimate of $1.27 from analysts. So they missed on top line and bottom line numbers. Um. Alphabet reported revenue of thirty nine point five four billion for its search division, and seven point oh seven billion for its YouTube ads division, and seven point eight seven billion for its Google Network division within the Google Ad segment. Um, so YouTube and Network uh, were down year over year basis. Man, yeah, they were down. Um, but Google Ad was up one billion. But the uh, the they lost the miss came in because of youtube and the google networks being down so youtube is not pulling it in with a what a thought google cloud revenue was up 6.87 billion from 4.99 so cloud again microsoft cloud doing well google cloud doing well amazon when they reported their cloud's going to do well Uh, You're seeing cloud computing doing well everywhere, which means, guys, like we called about two months ago, we say CloudStrike would be a great cybersecurity firm to buy. Um, I still believe that's the case. Um, So uh, all I'm seeing from these numbers is like businesses like YouTube aren't doing well. uh, And where YouTube's losing money, where Meta is losing money is TikTok, guys. And that's just a a fact is TikTok's taking it. And then people aren't spending the same – they're not willing to pay the same amount of price for a uh, TikTok ad, a Google ad, a YouTube ad, or when any one of these other ads like they were before because now they're so saturated. There's so many quote-unquote influencers. There's a lot of people like you and I, Brandon, podcasting. A lot of people don't want to pay the same price for ads that they used to pay for.
1: Yeah. yeah. So let me let me put some perspective into why the stock might be actually down as well as what you just said. Revenue growth you mentioned was 6% year over year. Last year, their year-over-year revenue growth was 41%. So I know they were coming out of the pandemic and advertising dollars skyrocketed greatly as a result, but that's a large decline. That's a big decline. From 41% revenue growth to 6% is a large decline. I think that's what's scaring people. And also the fact that they uh, just missed earnings per share for the third quarter in a row.
0: Yep, hundred percent agree.
1: That's all I got. But you, <laughs> you, you looked like you looked like you had something to say. Like you thought what I was saying about like earnings might be wrong. So I want your your thoughts on on what I said. 'Cause this is the way I've played earnings when I've traded earnings in the past. Um I, I'm looking at expectations. And if expectations are really, really low going into a print of a good company, then I've bought the earnings or I've placed a call on the earnings. And if they're really, 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 really high, then there's been times where I've placed a put.
0: Yeah, I mean, yes and no. Yes and no. You're you're right in that like that that most of the time works, but most of the time does you know, most of the time works, but I don't want to, you know, believe in something that most of the time works. I want to believe in something because I got actual research and fundamentals behind that also that signal. That's also a signal. It's what we call a signal. I see that signal and I see my research and I see my numbers and I see comparable companies posting out what they post out, like I like I just said. Google has great cloud revenue. Microsoft's great cloud revenue. Amazon's going to have great cloud revenue. Like equals like, right? That's what yeah. we're going to see. And that's what the, those type of things will help you choose what to invest My, in.
1: Microsoft's cloud revenue was great, but I think it missed expectations, which were higher. Did, was,
0: I believe Microsoft had too 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 high of expectations yeah. for their cloud growth because they were growing at such a high rate that it, it's very hard to sustain. It's not unsustainable. It's very hard to sustain that. Um, I don't want to keep everybody listening to us all day or all night, however you listen to us. I, I know you do. Um, so final thought, Brandon, final thought, and let's wrap it up.
1: Um, you know, I do like Meta. I wouldn't chase it into earnings um, unless it, it, down, it you know, I think in after hours it was down like 2%.
0: You just uh, said you probably, would if it was
1: down. But, but, it, but it had like a – it was 6% rally today. So still up for 4% on the day the last time I checked. Uh, if it drops tomorrow because Google uh, is um, not looking too good on advertising dollars, then you might be able to get into it. But don't chase it into earnings if it's still rallying. Uh, wait until after ER to get uh, a good you know price mm-hmm. on it. But I still think it's undervalued.
0: Cool. Um, I'm looking into definitely a cooler. I'm looking forward to their earnest report because of all these uh, major moves by uh, lithium companies to build lithium uh, building, mining, production uh, plants outside of China and uh, how that kind of growth is going to affect where we get our lithium from and how that's going to affect everything. Does France with their big, huge factory that they believe is going to pump out enough lithium? for a hundred million new batteries every single year or 700 million new batteries every single year. It's outrageous number that they said it was going to be able to pump out. Um, With the use of lithium batteries still going higher and with cooler making its innovations, it is especially with it's uh, they finished phase two with uh, uh, the government contract and uh, they were going on to phase three and they were trying to find ways to continue to make batteries stop overheating And remain cool And last longer That's the purpose of Cooler And that's why I believe in this company and this stock They're going to have big results as we move forward Especially with countries and uh, states Saying that we need to go all electric Cooler is definitely going to be one who Once they have these innovations ready to go uh, And sell Which they are beginning to um, They're going to be making money hand over fist So that is my long term play Years out So there you go um as always guys we uh, thank you for listening we hope we've been entertaining educational and uplifting because we want everyone to make money have a good night
1: have a good night